0: This is jordan and this is joe you can catch our show the giraffe experts every wednesday from 9 p.m to 10 p.m on our show you'll be able to hear about sports and entertainment it's a sports show but you can't really just call it that so log on every wednesday we'll be in studio a. hey come check us out i promise this will be your new favorite show because we are the giraffe experts Long. jump in What's up, what's up, what's up? How y'all doing, my people out here? You know, it's your boy, it's your boy, it's your boy, it's your boy, Jordan Amati over here from the Giraffe Experts. Uh, Unfortunately, my brother Job could not join us today, so we're just going to spit a little bit of fire. It might be a little bit shorter show than we're normally used to this week, but we're going to go ahead and get into some stuff. Now, Job is not here today like I said, but that doesn't mean I will not leave y'all without a giraffe fact. Now, here is one giraffe fact I need to break y'all off with. This is an old American tale. I don't know if y'all are familiar with this, but there is an American species of giraffe that was discovered in the 1950s. It's like, and it was such such an advanced advanced species of giraffe to where they found one that actually had a monocle and a lab coat this and they decided to call this guy Dr. G Raff now this person was brought into the laboratories in DC and hidden underground to where we didn't know what he was doing but in the 1960s he was brought to the public and now we know him as Jeffrey the giraffe from Toys R Us so shout out to Jeffrey the giraffe it's like you know if if you ain't don't know about Toys R Us I'm sorry but that's when you could wild out a toy store, throw footballs at your brother, and it was all fun. So shout-out to Job, shout-out to Jeffrey the giraffe, but that's how things used to go down back in the day. But that. So that's the giraffe fact for the day. Job, I'll holler at you next week. You can drop some more knowledge as far as that stuff goes. But now as far as what I've been streaming lately, because I'll be watching a lot of TV. I'll be on there. I stay streaming myself. All right, Job's not here, but I stay streaming. So this past weekend, Halloween weekend, I don't feed no trick-or-treaters. I don't entertain that type of stuff. Lights off at my crew, straight up. So this weekend, decided to get some scary movies in. But if you know me, I love the comedies more than I actually like scary movies. So I decided to go real deep into the horror comedy combination of movies this weekend, and I found a little gem called Little Monsters. If you're not familiar with this movie, Little Monsters, it's uh, from the kinfolk, Lapita Nwango, Kenyan. can you dig it, can you feel me? That's where I'm from. And uh, the homegirl held it down uh, with an all-Australian cast, uh, but it was a zombie movie, With little kids in there, and I do not like Josh Gad to save my life, but he redeemed himself so much in this movie that if you've never seen the movie Little Monsters on Hulu, it's a Hulu original, came out two years ago, and I just now got around to it, but kind of fire, kind of dope, check it out, alright, it's now... we're going to move on to some sports talk. I'm going to talk a little NFL football with y'all. My week eight takeaways. Now, as far as my takeaways for this past week go, I'm going to talk a little about a little bit about the AFC North. As far as the AFC North went this week, it was a little crazy to me to see the Steelers beat the Browns and to see the Bengals fall to the Jets. Now, as far as the Steelers beating the Browns, you know me. Well, if you know me, you know I'm a Roethlisberger fan. We rep that mighty, mighty Mac conference of the OHIO State. And he's the University of Miami quarterback, so I'm always going to roll with that cat until his legs fall off. And he actually ended up coming up strong. You know, the Baker Mayfield comeback, uh, fell up a little bit short for the uh, for the Browns. It ended up being a fifteen to ten win for the Steelers. And my whole thing with that division is to see the Steelers win and then to see the Bengals lose to the Jets. Like and, and the Jets. This is the second good team they knocked out. The Jets, as bad as they are, they don't beat like they don't beat bad teams. They beat good teams. So to me. It is an impressive thing for that team moving forward as far as what they're doing. If y'all don't see, I got this green pen. I ain't repping the Jets. I just like green a little bit. But as far as what I'm seeing from the Jets right now, what they did to the Bengals, it makes me a little bit worried about the Bengals' defense moving forward. Uh, Looking at the Bengals' defense moving forward, uh, as great as Joe Burrow is, is, is amazing as amazing as Jamar Chase has been in that whole receiving court, and even uh, uh, Uzuma at tight end for the Bengals, I just feel like that defense is a little bit suspect. They have unproven dues in that secondary, and, and I feel like in their front seven, they have like you know outside of, of Trey Hendricks we have a lot of first contract guys on that team to where I'm a little bit worried about how they can perform moving forward defensively offensively I'm not really worried about them cuz I honestly believe that as well as Joe Mixon if Joe Mixon can play as well as he's playing this season then the the sky is the limit as far as that offense goes, but the defense is always going to be a hindrance. And it was amazing to see, like, you know, P. Ryan can work in spells and have big runs. And, you know, it just it just makes it look like that old-school Oklahoma combination of Joe Mixon, P. Ryan, how it went down back in the day. So it, it's nice to see that. And then to see the whole LSU connection between Burrow and Chase go down, it's amazing to see. But that defense is still super suspect. Uh, I do honestly believe that, Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens are still the class of the division just because they have the league MVP. He's he's a, he's not the defending league MVP and I'm aware of that but at his age and what he's accomplished at this point in time in his career, they have to be the team to beat in that division. In Baltimore what they do defensively, especially with Harbaugh, the, Harbaugh there at the home they're always going to be a presence defensively because that's how they draft and that's what they do. So it's it's one of those things to where it's like as much as the Bengals are making noise right now, I really believe the Bengals' best years are ahead of them. And, and sorry to any Bengals fans. Sorry to my boy Elliot Nolan down there in Florida. You my boy, you my boy, you my boy. But I got to keep it real. I really believe that the Bengals are still a year away. A a great defensive draft away. They might even need to go straight up Matt Rule Carolina style where they just have a whole draft of just defensive players. So if we see that happen, then then I believe it. But, you know, anything can happen when you have seven teams in a playoff. So they're going to be in the mix at the end of the year no matter what. But I just think for them to actually be considered a contender, that defense needs to step up a little bit. Now, other games that went down this this weekend, uh, the Patriots had a big win over the Chargers. Now, as far as the Patriots win over the Chargers, I think the most impressive thing about the Patriots win over the Chargers is the fact they did it in L.A. Because pretty much Justin Herbert has been anointed and crowned as the next one. Uh, but Mac Jones came through and Belichick came through and said, not so fast. And I think... It says something about Mac Jones, and and I know if Joe was here, he would be talking trash because Mac Jones is the quarterback who fell to the Patriots, and that's why he's there. But I think he's the quarterback they've wanted because if there were other quarterbacks that they really, really desired, then they would have traded up for him, for that guy. But I think that what Mac Jones came through and did in L.A. against Herbert – now, it's, it's not a knock against Herbert. It's just more about what I think Mac Jones is capable of doing. Just – and I just believe that he is not the athlete. He's not as accurate. All right, all right, forget that. He's more accurate than any other quarterback that's probably played Alabama. But he doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have. He doesn't have the billing. He doesn't have the stars. He's not a four-star, five-star guy. He's not AJ McCarron. He's not Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, but and he's not Bryce Young, who they have right now. But the fact that he's coming through after what one and a half years of starting and and. And he's a guy that Belichick trusts. And and I really think it, says, it really says more about what Belichick can do defensively as far as what he's done to Herbert. But I want to say the last two weeks of football for Herbert have been a little bit suspect. Now, I'm a little bit biased because Justin Herbert is definitely on my fantasy team in one or two leagues. So I have Kirk Cousins as a backup, and I think he might start next week still proven otherwise but that's just me that's just me now another shocker this week is the saints bucks game for the saints to beat the bucks losing Jameis as early as they did in that game with trevor simeon who i believe that most people didn't think was still playing nfl football came in there to save the day he came in there to save the day and he he pulled it off uh you know, it kind of seems like the Saints, as a t- franchise, as a team, kind of had the Bucks' number. Cause it, I want to say it, it's now three out of the last four games. Now the Bucs won the most important game to move on in the playoffs last season. They did that, but I, I, I am I'm happy for the Bucs to succeed the way they did against Tampa Bay this weekend. But it's it seems like one of these things. It's like it's all for naught, cause. I feel like the way the Bucks are right now, what can they really do with Winston Hurt? Michael Thomas just announced today that he's pretty much done for the season. So they're relying on uh, what Marquez Calloway, Traquan Smith to come through and save the day. And, and we all know they have Alan Kamara, who was an MVP candidate coming into the league, coming into the season, I'm sorry, uh, coming into the season. He was an MVP candidate. Uh, but now, outside of him having like continuing what Derrick Henry was doing in Tennessee, if he doesn't have that same type of performance going out, I really don't see them doing anything. It and and it, and it and it hurts me because I didn't I didn't have money on them, but I definitely made some handshake bets. Not like Vegas money. Ain't nobody breaking my legs. Don't worry about me. I'll be safe. I'll be all right. But. Thing is, is like I'm. A, I'm just a little bit worried for the Saints, just as well as they've been playing this year. I just feel like if everything was intact, that they would be moving forward, uh, in 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 the postseason to where they could have postseason success. And I think that with Trevor Simeon, whether it's Simeon, and I'm pretty sure he was just playing because of the concussion protocol with uh, Taysom Hill. We'll see what Taysom Hill does next week, because I, you know, you don't have Trevor Simeon will not start over. He will not he I don't I don't see him starting this weekend at all. I just think that it's a Taysom Hill thing and him being in concussion protocol, him not being available is the only reason Simeon came in there. Now what he did was fine. It was a great performance, but we all know who he is. So for anybody get hyped for Simeon over Taysom Hill, I think that's that's a false dream. You're better off picking up Mike White in fantasy football. All right, now a little hometown bias. Let's go there. I'm going to go there. Uh, How about them Cowboys? Them Cowboys did it this weekend. Uh, You know, they did it without Dak. Last minute, no Dak start, no problem. On Halloween night, uh, the Cowboys, as a gambling guy, I'll tell you, the Cowboys beat the spread for what? They beat the spread every game this year. If you are a Cowboys fan who has a gambling problem, Congratulations. Great year for you. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep betting like you're betting. Bet till your hands bleed. I need that. I need that. I'm not putting my money in it. But I do really believe in this team. I I do. And it's hard for me to say it just because I've been disappointed so many times. Now, when I say I believe in this team, I believe in this team to be the NFC East champs. As far as moving forward, I'm going to have to see this team play against the Packers moving forward. I'm going to see how they perform against these GOATs, these great quarterbacks, because that's who you're going to face in the playoffs. So as good as the Cowboys are, congratulations. Go beat the hell out of Taylor Heineke, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, Sean Glennon, who's his backup. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is the biggest problem that you have. So it's like run through – and you're supposed to win your division. And it has to be about those non-division games. And we've been doing that. And to me, I just think that I've been disappointed so many times. It's like the Cowboys, since my whole driving life, I've never driven to a Cowboys game to go watch like a good team to where I think it's like, ooh, it's a Super Bowl winning Cowboys team. Till now. And I think that Dak Prescott has changed the way I feel about this team. Because as a guy who has engaged in – gambling type activities in my past. Everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows you do not bet on Tony Romo if he's a favorite. Dak Prescott has changed the narrative because that used to be a Cowboys thing. You say you don't bet on the Cowboys if they're a favorite, but now you're like, oh, you don't bet on Romo if he's a favorite. It's like Dak will close it out, and I'm sorry I got Romo haters going, that are going to come and attack me and get at me, but sorry. Sorry. Real talk. That's just how I feel. And if you look it up, Cowboys cover every spread. Even when Dak don't play, this guy knows he has to hold it down for Dak. So shout out to Cooper Rush, hicking up Amari Cooper. Cooper on Cooper, crime. We did it against Minnesota. And uh, hopefully Dak plays this week. That's what I'm looking forward to. And uh, Cowboys get another victory. But I am one of those people that believes that every NFL team, you'll steal a win. And you'll give one away. And I think that was the win they stole. For Cuba Rush to come in there, last-minute situation, for the Cowboys to still pull it off, being a a four-and-a-half-point underdog uh, before the lines close. For us to pull off that victory, that's the one. That's the one game that we won that we weren't supposed to win. So now, don't panic, everybody, because there's going to be a game we lose that we're not supposed to lose. I hope it's not a division game, but – Those are the games we're not supposed to lose. So just look at the schedule, and we'll talk later and figure out what's that game that we are not supposed to lose because that's just the way football goes. It's like every quarterback plays four out-of-this-world games, four terrible games, and you judge them by the other eight or now the other nine. So we'll see how the Cowboys work out because the rule is they're going to have to lose to a team they're not supposed to lose to. If it's Tampa Bay, that's amazing, but I doubt that. If the if the Super Bowl champ is that, then that means we're Super Bowl champs. Don't get crunk, don't get hype. I I just said it as a statement, not a thing. It's not a fact. All right, but all right. So let's go ahead and get into some fancy football stuff. All right, so uh, we you know I always get into these winners, these losers, and these surprise motherfuckers. Oh sorry, I'm sorry mom, I know you're listening. I, you know I don't like cussing, but. There, I think there's an explicit on my Spotify. So these kids got to recognize. So um, my my star of the week, actually, I have a couple guys who shine. Uh, but I really think that what A.J. Brown did this weekend for Tennessee, and I think that I'm biased a little bit just because I have A.J. Brown and I traded away Derrick Henry. And everybody's like, how the hell can you trade away Derrick Henry? Because I put the juju curse on him. Not intentionally, but it happened. But – the performance from AJ Brown. Let's let's talk about AJ. AJ this weekend, uh, impressive game against the uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, let's see. I'm looking up the stats right now. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, what? Ten out of eleven target. He caught ten catches out of eleven targets. 155 yards, touchdown. Uh, and and the thing is, I I'm giving him my game ball pretty much for the week as far as the winner, just because. They needed him to come through with Derrick Henry being beat up, and he showed up, and they were still able to pull that game out. And he he wasn't player of the week. I know that. But as far as what he did for my team, selfishly, I'm going call him, to call him my winner. Now, my loser is going to have to be Kyler. And I just think that Kyler is my loser just because as bad as he played in that game, fantasy-wise – uh, they were still a score away, and it took a last-second interception for him to actually lose the game. So I just think that with Kyler to, to actually lose the game with the interception at the end to Rasul Douglas, who is kind of a recycled cornerback, it's it, it, it hurts your soul because if you see him march all the way down the field, then you honestly believe that he's about to pull it out. And, you know, and I just think with – like you don't expect him to have zero touchdowns passing and in two interceptions. You know, and it's – and, and he, it'd be one thing if he ended up being dynamic on the ground, but he wasn't. So I'm going to give him – he he. owners of hit Kyler are losers. He's not a loser. Allen represent. I've seen him win some state championships. I can't call him a loser. So uh, on to the next one. Let's talk about that surprise mother – this week, all right? So the surprise guy this week, like everybody would probably expect, you know it's that boy Mike White. Mike White. White Mike. Uh, New York Jet, former Cowboy, balled out of control. It was a little crazy this week because, what, 37 for 45, 405 passing. Uh, Three touchdowns, two picks. You'll expect the picks. So, he's Mike White. Mike White, uh, former Cowboy, drafted 2018. I think we come the year after because I want to believe that Cooper Rush beat him out. And as great as Cooper Rush had, the week he had is amazing to replace Dak and maintain – and keep a victory, that's amazing. But for Mike White to do what he did, I just have to give props to him. All right, For Mike White to do what he did, that means that he really cares. He really cares to keep putting up work, to have this efficient of a performance as a guy who's pretty much considered an afterthought as far as NFL quarterback. It's like, yeah, he's six four, So people are just going to give him jobs no matter what. But for him to step up, when it was necessary, you know, and even to like, even a guy like Josh Johnson is on that bench. And no disrespect to Mike White, but I have way more respect for Josh Johnson than him until last week. 405 yards. Like, that's – that – it's – I just believe that he's a guy that just loves football, and he's just like, just give me a chance, just give me a chance, then he got his opportunity. So he's a guy who will stick around, and, you know, here in 20 years, we'll hear about him probably coaching. If Because the way that he played that game, he showed me that he loves the game. And and it doesn't matter who's done with him, he ain't done with football. And that's amazing to see. So shout-out to Mike White for that surprise moment. All right, but now around the league, uh, been a lot of trades going down this week. Uh, the first one that kind of popped everything off was the Von Miller trade. Uh, I'm just a little scared of L.A. right now, especially now that the Cardinals lost that game. Uh, They're kind of reloading on their defense. But I think Arizona has answers for them. And maybe this isn't – I don't know. I remember when Von actually had to – what? Did he spy Cam Newton in the Super Bowl to where – I think he's too old to try and spy Kyler. I don't know what y'all are trying to do. And I feel like with Leonard Floyd and with Von Miller, those are great pass rushers. And Aaron Donald is a great pass rusher as well. But I just feel like I need to see the scheme and how you use these guys to know know if it's going to really work. Like, you know, but guys who get to the quarterback get to the quarterback. I believe that. But I just. I just need to see how it works for a week to know if Von Miller is just a name or he's still that guy. And it, and I know that it, it's, it seems like a DeMarcus Ware type of situation. Like when DeMarcus was here, Jerry wanted to trade DeMarcus to a contender so he could have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And that's why he traded to Denver, and he ended up getting his ring, which is something that I'm so happy for. I'm happy that that happened to DeMarcus Ware. I'm, I'm glad for that. But at the same time, it's like Von Miller, he got his ring. It's like if y'all wanted to move him, y'all could have moved him. But I feel the same way about Jalen Smith for the Cowboys. It's like I just feel like there's better ways to move these guys. But, you know, but I'm not in a, I'm not a front office guy. I'm not educated in how to work a salary cap. Or, or, and I don't know these people personally tell you how it would re, how the locker room would be affected by moving these guys. So I'm just a guy saying what I would do. So sorry, but my asshole soap says move this guy, don't move that guy. Boom, boom, boom. It's clean and cut. That's how I talk. But uh, but Von Miller was traded for a second round pick and a third round pick in 2022, and to me that is a lot. And now the thing is, Von Miller top ten pick. You might not find another Von Miller to where it's like he's five star coming in, but you can find a diamond in the rough for sure. And to me, I feel like Denver definitely won that trade. But if you're the Rams and you win a Super Bowl with Von Miller, then you're all good. So uh, I guess it's, it'll be a wash. If 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 L.A. wins with Von Miller, then I believe that that is a wash. But outside of a Super Bowl, that is Denver winning that trade all the way. Just because we're talking about Von Miller at, what, 32 years old? Uh, I would like to see him have another one. Super Bowl, but we'll, we'll watch, and we'll wait and see what happens. Now, other things happen around the league. I'm sorry. That's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't really talk about pro-vax, vax, COVID, whatever. I don't do it, but Job's not here, so I'm going to do it today. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about it today. So, now, Aaron Rodgers – I don't have a problem with Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated. I don't, but I have a problem with him announcing himself in the summer saying he's immunized. What does that even mean? Apparently, it doesn't mean vaccinated. So to me, I feel like that's a. I I I feel like it's a. Di- I feel like that's kind of like shady. Just say say it or don't say it. Like I'd rather you say it's like my rights are my rights. I don't share my medical history. Or that, But to say you're immunized and now your team might miss you for two weeks is a little – I don't know. Like I said, fancy football show a little bit. So, I have him as a quarterback in the league. So, I'm a little upset with that. But Kirk Cousins, hold it down. Hold it down. But I'm just saying that my biggest problem with Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated is saying he was immunized because you would just jump to conclusions – And when somebody says they're immunized, you would assume that means they're vaccinated. doesn't mean that they took their holistic way to feel like they're protected themselves from COVID. Uh, But, you know, a lot of people did a lot of crazy stuff during COVID. At least he didn't storm the Capitol. We're good. All right. (laughs) All right. Now, uh, Titans news. Oh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my boy, Eddie Mirhoff. Uh, junior junior trade him derrick henry two weeks ago and now he's hurt did i put juju on him i don't know i don't know but i don't make bad trades uh except to cody stokes dad he definitely got brandon cooks from me and yeah chase claypool ain't done nothing for me yet but we'll see we'll see we'll see all right but yeah uh derrick henry out Looks like he's out for at least 10 weeks, probably the rest of the regular season, hopefully playoffs. But they just picked up Adrian Peterson. The Titans just picked up Adrian Peterson. Uh, I don't necessarily know how much he'll play this week, but he is the ageless wonder. And as a guy who, like, still thought he was an athlete in his 20s and still went to the gym and worked out, I'd watch Adrian Peterson work as and be like, nah, uh-uh, nope. I would just walk out of the weight room. I'm like, I can't do that. This dude would, like, do, like, uh, box jumps with, like, the squat bar on his back with, like, 225. I'm like, who does that? That is reckless. That is dangerous. It's like I'm old. It's like pe- like people care about me. It's like I don't need people to meet me in the hospital to see how my face plants on the ground when I try and do an Adrian Pearson type of jump. So, to me, I believe in anything that Adrian Pearson tries to do. He is, pr- He's 36. I bet he'll be the greatest 36-year-old running back that ever played football. Is he on my fantasy team? No. But that's because other people beat me to him. Other people beat me to the punch. I would have tried. I would have made an attempt for it. But I am looking forward to see what Adrian Peterson can do. But on that waiver wire, uh, go look at that uh, Makai Sargent. Shout out to my boy Cody Stokes. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Sargent, uh, Jeremy Nichols definitely going to be more involved. Uh, but he's more of a third down back. Uh, but we'll kind of see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, what, they got Hilliard from Cleveland. Uh, they'll try and figure something out. But Adrian Peterson is the GOAT. All right, all right, as far as 20th, 21st century running backs, he is the GOAT. And if somebody wants to argue with me, hit me on that chat. And we'll fight verbally. All right, so, all right, let's move on to the next one. Now the Saints. The Saints is going through some things. It's been bad news. It's like, everybody, go to your local grocery store. Get a paper bag. Cut eye holes out. Give it to your Saints friends. Because guess what? It's about to be there again. Because Jameis Winston out for the season. So, like I said earlier, Winston out. Simeon was in. Taysom Hill might be in, might not be in. Michael Thomas announced via Twitter? sent a letter out saying that he is done for the season. So I had to cut him off my fantasy team because I thought I made the sneak move of the year. Psych, played myself, wasted a draft pick. So uh, let's see how that goes. But I'm a little bit worried for the Saints because, like I was saying earlier, outside of Alvin Kamara, what they really have. Now, I know defensively, like uh, Marshawn Lattimore, one of the top five corners in football. Like outside of Ramsey, Alexander, you could say that he's in that top three, that tier, and Cowboys fans, stop. Diggs ain't there yet. He'll get there. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. All right? Uh, but uh, I just feel like the Saints, outside of those defensive guys, they can really rely on you. I think Cameron Jordan's getting older and older, and it's just, it's just too much right now. But if they pull it off, I would love to see it because I'm going to win like $20 if that happens. On a friendly handshake but no Vegas bet, no gambling, gambling, but handshake bets. That's what I do now. All right. Uh, but another thing I want to speak on is uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about the Henry Ruggs thing, and it it would be... Uh, it, uh, it'd be selfish of me just to not speak on it, just because I don't want to speak on it. So I, I will, I will say a little bit of something about it, and then I'm off to the next, on to the next one. All right, Henry Ruggs, Everybody knows uh, he was involved in a, a car accident where he fatally killed somebody, a 23 year old lady, uh, and he's 22 himself in Las Vegas at three o'clock the other night, and. Thoughts and prayers out to both families. Henry Ruggs, it's it. I like anybody who really knows me knows that I've had a problem myself dealing with these types of things, and I'm a and I'm an advocate for Uber, but it's easy to say when you've been there time and time again, and I've never had anything tragic like as far as what Henry Ruggs did happen as far as what I'm involved in and what I've done. And it that's all it takes is, like, I'm not saying to feel bad for Henry Ruggs. I'm just saying just realize that this man is 22 years old and just just think about where you were at 22. And just honestly just think about these athletes – these athletes who play these professional sports that we care so much about, these billion-dollar industries, these guys get judged for the rest of their life, for what they do from age 20 to age 30. And the the, the rest of the world gets to grow up during that time. But we, get, we have to watch them do everything, everything wrong, everything right, whatever it is. And I know it's like to... Who, to who much is given much is expected, but just think about it a little bit. Where were you at 22 and what would you have done with that money? And and I'm not saying that he's, I don't think he's wrong. He's wrong. And whatever happens to him legally, he deserves it. But just remember that you were, you were young and dumb once too. So let's not, let's like, don't throw stones you live in a glass house is pretty much what i'm trying to say with that and i'll leave it at that and on that note uh yeah shout out to uh calvin ridley uh for the falcons for you know he didn't make the trip to london a few weeks ago because of mental illness issues but that that wasn't known to us until this past weekend why he didn't make those trips but you know Take care of yourself. Take care of your head. Like, you know, it's like, because who knows where Henry Ruggs was mentally. It's like maybe he, like, people chase these things because they're trying to run from something else. So let's just let's just, just, just think a little bit more about how you were at that age and how you would have acted. And just remember that all these guys that we talk about putting up these numbers, that number, these are kids. These are all kids. We're talking about kids. And then we judge them the rest of their life for what they do as children. So let's uh let's kinda chill out on that a little bit. And that's all I have to say on that. All right. Let's move on to a little bit more positive vibes. All right, but uh, let's talk a little bit about these games to watch this weekend. All right. So as far as football goes this weekend, you know, we always gotta talk about Thursday nights uh, games, the early after the early Sunday, the late Sunday, and the Monday night. So uh, the Thursday night game, it's gonna be the Jets and the Colts. And it wasn't going to be a game, but now it's the Mike White Bowl. You know, Mike White versus Carson Wentz. So I want to say it's like, do you believe in Mike White more than Carson Wentz? Like, based off last week's performance, probably. So that, that might be interesting to see. It's like, who would you rather have? Would you rather spend Carson Wentz money or just figure out, let me get another 6'4 quarterback and we'll figure it out. Cause that's what it looks like. So uh, Carson Wentz versus Mike White. If you're a gambling guy, I wouldn't be afraid to bet on the Jets. Ten and a half. That's a lot of points in the NFL. And I don't really believe it's like to me. You're pretty much betting on Jonathan Taylor. So it's like if you want to do that, do that. But you know, I don't. I don't say to do anything or to not do anything. I am just here. All right. Now, as far as early afternoon games go uh, on Sunday. Uh Cowboys, you know, I got that bias. Uh they stay covering these spreads. This ten points is a lot, like I just said. Cowboys are favored by ten against the Denver Broncos. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of points. And as good as the Cowboys are, ten points is a lot of points, man. And if there is a game to lay off of, this is the game. But if you've been winning all season, bet till your hands bleed. Bet till your hands bleed bet till your hands bleed go and take it. Now the Battle of Ohio also happens this weekend. Cleveland at Cincinnati we got Baker Mayfield versus Joe Burrow. We got we got everybody coming through so thorough. everybody's mad. Uh, Odell Beckham is no is not a part of the team I guess is what they're trying to say or he is I don't know. Uh, he's unofficially not ex- included in football activities what they're trying to throw to us. We'll figure it out. Uh, on Sunday, but uh, maybe that means that uh, on the leftovers, go look out for Diamond Peoples-Jones. He might be the guy you need to pick up, Uh, but that'll be an interesting game to watch in the early afternoon slate. Uh, Minnesota, Baltimore. uh, Baltimore is favored by six points. I think Baltimore is a safe bet as far as that game goes. Uh, It's in Baltimore. Uh, Minnesota, to me, I just – It's Kirk Cousins, man. It's like, it's pretty much, it's like, if you like Kirk Cousins, go ahead and take that. Go ahead and take that. But I'm not the one. I'm not the two. I'm not the three. All right. So, uh, as far as other games go, as far as the late afternoon goes, I think that, uh, Green Bay KC with Aaron Rodgers out of the game. I don't know how much – actually, it might be a better game for KC. It might be an easy win for them because I want to say now they might get to 10 wins this year because I definitely had them slated to be, what, 9-8 and as far as I looked at the schedule last week because I was just betting against the quarterbacks that were playing because it seems like if you're good at quarterback, then you beat KC. But uh, apparently no Aaron Rodgers, so it shouldn't be a problem. So if you're looking at gambling – I don't suggest you do it, but if you do it, I would bet that way. I would definitely bet Casey's way. Now, uh, the Titans versus the Rams. If Derek Henry is playing, this would be a no-brainer, and I think that's why the Rams are favored by seven and a half points. Uh, still, I, I don't know, man. I just feel like the, it's like. Uh, the wounded animal type of thing is what I feel like when Derrick Henry goes down, then you're going to sleep on this team, and they're just going to punch you in the mouth. And uh, I didn't say that to, for my homeboy Cody out there. I said that because I have experience dealing with these types of things. So I believe that uh, that Sunday night game, Tennessee, with or without Derrick Henry, I think seven and a half is a lot. Uh, I wouldn't touch it, but if you were going to bet one way, I would definitely probably lean towards Tennessee. Now, as far as the Monday night football game, Steelers versus Bears, that's like the game that your grandpa and your dad would love to see just because it's two old-ass teams playing an old-ass game. with, these, with The old-ass nah, – now, all right, I'm just talking trash now. But, uh, you know, I would like to see – I wish Matt Nagy didn't get vaccinated so we could see another week of Justin Fields without him because as good as he played last week, he w- he was my runner-up for the surprise mother- that this last week. So, uh What he did last week, I would like to see him do more, and I hope that what he did last week would help Nagy unleash him, take the chains off, let this man roll with it. So uh, we'll see moving forward. I would love to see some good Justin Fields football. All right, bet that. So, all right, now to my favorite time, college football news, 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 news. All right, bet. All right, now a lot of people – AP poll came out on Monday. A lot of people are aware of that. And Michigan State moved up to number five in that AP poll. Now, Kenneth Walker, I don't know if anybody paid attention, but this man ran for 197 yards and five touchdowns. That's the second time he's been a nominee for the weekly Heisman Trophy. And I want to say that he has jumped Bajon Robinson as the number one running back for the Heisman Trophy contention. Not as far as talent. We all know who's more talented, but John's more talented. He's a Texas. He's doing it. He make great cuts and whatever. This man, Kenneth Walker just can't be night. Honestly, like me and Joe, we've discussed earlier on in the year, he's the best running back to come through there in our lifetime and that's with Le'Veon Bell that's with Cedric Irvin I don't know if y'all remember Cedric Irvin old school but it's like but there have been a lot of there have been some pretty good running backs coming out of Michigan State but what Kenneth Walker has done at Michigan State this year has been quite amazing and I uh he is my nominee but I uh, it's so hard because I really want to give the weekly Heisman to Caleb Williams, but I think because I'm biased and my homeboy Elliot has Kenneth Walker and I always have Kenneth Walker. So as a hater, Caleb Williams, Heisman. Joe, if you were here, then you could deny this and give it to Kenneth Walker, but you not, you not, you not. So Caleb Williams, true freshman, through six touchdowns, threw six touchdowns in a game. He beat Al Bundy. He does that. So uh, I think that with – now moving forward, though, I do believe that Kenneth Walker has taken a major step as far as being in contention to actually win the Heisman. Uh, And I believe that the only way that Caleb Williams can win the Heisman is he needs to have, like, at least one more game just like this. And, like, this guy's going to have to have, like, five touchdown games going out. Like, if he – He's at 14 total touchdowns. He's at 14 passing touchdowns, one interception for the year. After what, starting three, four weeks, playing five games, uh, I believe that to me, if he hits 20 touchdowns passing, give it to him. If his touchdown, if his touchdown interception ratio is like 20 to one, give it to him. If they, if they don't lose a game, if they lose a the game, it's over. But to me, if Caleb Williams goes undefeated, because to me, guess what? How great is it to, like, not only did I win the – I had to beat a Heisman Trophy candidate just to get my job to win the Heisman Trophy. That's impressive. Now I beat the number one contender just to get on the field to be the guy. So I feel like that is a message in itself. And I feel like Caleb Williams beating Spencer Rattler out, not necessarily beating him out in the season, but during the play – of the season is a true fresh freshman to get the respect from your coaching staff and your teammates to be thrown into that opportunity and to have all these Heisman moments. Heisman moments, this guy has five or six unforgettable plays. Like, I'm not gonna say it that he's Vic like because he doesn't have that speed. But as far as the amazing plays he makes, Michael Vick never won a Heisman, Vince Young never won a Heisman. But 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 they make these types of plays. And I feel like he's in that category as far as that type of playmaker. And guess what? This guy has to play college football for at least two more seasons after this. So we're going to be blessed to see him. So if they don't give it to him and he goes undefeated, and if this guy throws 10 more touchdowns or 15 more touchdowns, I'm not sure how many more games he has before the Heisman Trophy. If he doesn't get it th- – like getting five touchdowns a game, then it's just they're just showing that this is an upperclassman award. It's like this is this award is not for true freshmen. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes moving forward. All right, but so now as far as uh, other things going on in college football right now, uh, TCU, Gary Patterson, the legend, the legend, Gary Patterson. He should have a statue built for him in Fort Worth. Uh, is uh, gonna he stepped down and Jerry Kill former Minnesota coach is taking over as the coach for the rest of the year. It's sad to see because for anybody who's not aware all this all this 335 stuff that everybody doing and trying to do this hybrid stuff, Gary Patterson started this stuff. He brought that stuff to TCU because Small schools run these five-wide offenses, these spread offenses, and he came in here. He's like, I come out here with five DBs. Let's go. It's like, and that, and and that, that inside the box DB, he's real. He's a rover. He's gonna get it. And I feel like Gary Patterson. I want to say the thing is he was so innovative early on as a defensive guy, and it's it's almost just that. Okay, now what you? It's almost like. It's like, I'm not comparing him to Tom Landry. Don't attack me. Don't beat me up when I leave here. If, just because I'm comparing I'm comparing him to Tom Landry in the fact that Tom Landry is the master of the 4-3 defense. That's his defense. He started that. You know what I'm saying? So, But once everybody has a 4-3 defense, then who are you? You know, as far as your elite knowledge of how you do what you do. If it's what everybody does now, then it's not elite anymore. So I just think that... It's like the game kept pass. the game, like, congratulations, Gary Patterson. You contributed so much to college football, just like the Nevada coach did with the pistol, what you did with the three three five defense. Like, you are a legend. You belong in the College Football Hall of Fame. And if they want to let you go, I, I-, I hope it was completely on your part because it's like I'd rather leave now than get fired next year. But I just believe that Gary Patterson is a college football Hall of Famer, and his defense is the defense that we all play now. He is the creator of to stopping a spread on first down and second down. He's that guy. So shout out to Gary Patterson. It's like he started that. He started that. All right, now as far as this week goes, uh, a couple games coming down. As far as game of the week, my game of the week has to go Liberty- at number 15, Ole miss. Uh, Matt Coral is questionable. I want to say his top three receivers are questionable, but we also have Malik Willis showing up in Oxford this weekend. So it's gonna be Malik Willis versus Matt Coral. So Matt Coral, the last thing he wants to do is not show up because him being 205 pounds and six foot one, people question his durability. And the only reason why, why people like Malik. Willis more than you is because he's got you by 15 pounds. He's got a faster 40 time and he's never hurt. And it's like, and now I feel like Matt Corral, I feel like Lane Kiffin pretty much ran you out of all Miss because he's trying to run you into the dirt. Like you shouldn't like Matt Coral has had so many bruising runs, but he's not built like Tim Tebow. He's not built for that. So I just, it's a little scary for me to see him, Running, Trying to run through people and run over people. But this is the battle for QB1. So if you're a fan of – if your team in the NFL has a terrible quarterback right now, you need to watch Liberty at Ole Miss because guess what? That's your quarterback, dog. That's your quarterback. Stay tuned. You might have a new quarterback watching that game. Pick one. Pick one! All right, bet. Now, ranked versus ranked. Uh, There's only one ranked versus ranked game going on this week, and that's going to be Auburn versus Texas A&M. Number 12 versus number 13 A&M at Kyle. Now, here's my thing. I'm not a gambling man, but I give gambling advice. If you can beat Alabama at home, what the is Auburn, bro? Who's Auburn? Who is Auburn? All right, if you betting, I would definitely bet AM because if you can beat Alabama, then you can beat Auburn. Auburn ain't anything. Bo Nicks ain't nothing on the road. Bo Nicks throws pigs. I said it. It rhymes. It's true. Bet. All right, now uh, I'm going to talk about the best of the rest. There's only one other game I have on the schedule just because it is Wake Forest. Undefeated. Undefeated Wake Forest. Number 10, highest they've been ranked in my lifetime. Uh, When they played basketball with Tim Duncan, I think they were ranked a lot higher than that. I think when Chris Paul played there in basketball, they were ranked higher than that, but that's all basketball. But this is football. Wake Forest is number 10 in football, and they're playing it at North Carolina. If it was a basketball game, this would be a very interesting thing that everybody want to go see, but this is like if a tree falls in a forest, does it make a sound? Wake Forest. If a tree falls in Wake Forest, it makes a sound because there's a university there. Once in All right, bet. I answered my own question. <laughs> All right. So uh, pretty much uh, I believe that North Carolina, it's an upset. But if you asked me before the season, this wouldn't be an upset. but But to me, because Sam – how has to save his football life by beating on Sam Hartman. It's a battle of the Sams, the son of Sam, or Slamming Salmon or Slammo-Lammo, whatever. But these cats is going at it, and both their names are Sam, and they're playing a football game. <laughs> That's the best of the rest. Now, uh, as far as the Gary Patterson thing, I wanted to talk about it a little bit more. But as far as the next coaches for TCU, I, I, one of the things – the question I had is, like, if I'm Sonny Dykes, he's at SMU, and I said it last week – if you're Sonny Dykes, would you leave SMU for Tech? I said no. And the only reason he would leave is because he went to high school in Lubbock, went to Texas Tech. His dad coached at Tech. So that makes sense. So people are like, Sonny Dykes should come to TCU. Guess what, TCU fans? You're delusional. First off, would you rather live in Dallas or Fort Worth if somebody else is paying for it? If somebody else is paying for it, where would you rather live? Let's just be real. Be real. All right. You answered your own question. Sonny Dykes ain't coming to TCU. All right. Jeff Trailer just signed a 10 year extension at UTSA. He ain't coming here unless we get unless TCU gives him $7.5 million as a payout. Alright, that's the way he's going to get here. So, next coach for TCU, it's going to be Kendall Bryles or Jeff Libby. Kendall Bryles. I think the name association is what's going to stop him from getting the job at TCU, just because, first off, TCU people don't really mess with Baylor people like that. And Jeff Libby, he's married into the Browse family, but his name's Libby, and it'll take years of research for people to realize that, oh, that's Art Browse's son-in-law. But I'm sorry if I'm snitching. It's dry snitching. But whatever. i be snitching. All right, guys. Sorry. I wish I had a longer show. But that's just what it is. Uh, If you don't like it, sorry. But uh, it's Jordan Amati signing off. Thank you for listening, my guys. Peace.